Welcome to the Monday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am Kevin Cole. I am joined, as always, on Mondays by Ben Brown. Ben, you're always uh, holding down the fort here on the PFF Betting Podcast. So let me let me see. We just got done. Uh, we're recording on Sunday night. We just got done with Kansas City Chiefs, Raiders. Uh, they finally, on that last drive, decided they were just going to pass the ball every play. And guess what? It works when you have Patrick Wells as your as your quarterback. Uh, any, anything you're taking away from that from that game? I think one takeaway that I'll say, I'm just going to guess, is that now everyone's going to think the Raiders are are really really good because they've hung with they beat the Chiefs once they've, and they hung with them another time, despite the fact that they've had some pretty unimpressive games uh, um, outside of it. Also, yeah, I can definitely see that narrative coming out here. I mean, obviously, division fall, whatever, it's going to play a little bit tighter. They've covered both times; they've won outright the other time. So I could see people buying into that narrative a little bit. They've have beaten, like they beat the Browns basically in like a completely different format. So I do think that people are buying Raiders from the like one that they can beat teams, you know, any way they're measuring up with them. So I don't know, but I don't think they're necessarily that great. It is weird that they're basically focused on dollars, like their number one receiver, obviously Darren Waller can get it done at the tight end position, but I don't really know what's going on with like Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, you know, some of the other guys that they drafted to be in those positions. Cause it's definitely uh, a different focus on Josh Jacobs and Nelson Aguilar at this point in time, which I'm not too comfortable with. So. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Edwards may have – he had, a, 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 I guess, like an end zone – I don't know if I'd call it a fade, but whatever, kind of a jump ball-ish sort of, sort of fade that was thrown up to him. Now, Ruggs, on the other hand, um, I'm looking here. Did he have a target? Um, I guess I he don't, did. He had one target. He yeah, had he, one had, catch. he was out there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he had one catch for five yards. So, yeah, not, not, not a whole lot there. But let, let's, let's talk about some other things whether we're buying or selling um, it was take some time today. Um, and a lot of people wanted Jameis Winston. I won't say, I wouldn't say that Taysom Hill was impressive, but the defense was impressive for the saints and they, they won the game. Uh, even if it is the Falcons that, that they're playing against. I mean, the Falcons are a total pushover. Uh, so I think we're going to see more of this in the future. But what the surprising thing for me was Taysom had zero design runs in the first half. He had a few in the second half, including a fourth and two touchdown that he scored. But his usage, I found very strange. So are you buying this, that they're going to continue to use him like this and, and continue to start him? And, and if they do, will they continue to be successful? Yeah, I think they're going to actually play him for the next three games. I don't think we're going to see too much Jameis Winston. I thought if we were going to see Jameis any time at the next three weeks, we would see him this weekend. We basically didn't see him whatsoever. So I think that was basically a knock on Jameis. I think they believe that they can prep Taysom Hill enough with the game plan, game script, kind of get him, you know, moving forward with what plays that they actually have designed. And I do think that, you know, they were decently successful in the same way that they were successful with Teddy Bridgewater last year, last year. Right. And like, I think they believe that there's this like saints mantra, you know, we're lower average depth the target team. We can get the ball to Michael Thomas. They didn't necessarily have Elvin Kamara, all that involved in today's game, but I do think that they think that they can win in this manner. So I definitely think we're going to see taste mill going forward. What was your read basically on the situation? 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Taysom did throw it downfield. He he had his own version of the uh, Russell Wilson moon ball, um, right. other than the fact that it got like it got stuck on the moon for a while and then came back down about 20 yards short. But, you know, he he did throw it deep. I, you know, I've been calling for I, since the offseason. I've been calling for this ridiculous notion that every that no one wants to do, which is kind of a lot of my theories, which is the quarterback by committee using Taysom Hill on like first and 10, using him on third and short situationally. And then if you need to convert a third and 12, let's face it, Taysom Hill's not doing that for you unless he scrambles for it or something like that. Then you bring in Jameis Winston in these situations where the expected points are low anyway. Maybe even the win probability in certain situations would be low anyway. So his mistakes don't hurt you as much, basically. Um, so I, I'm kind of hoping they'll eventually go towards that. Now, I think there's about a 0.0001% chance that'll end up happening. Um, but I just feel like against other defenses, Taysom's going to have a lot more problems because he sometimes he was getting the ball out of his hands early. Sometimes he was holding on to it a lot and scrambling a lot. I mean, a lot of his rushing attempts were, were scrambles this game. So I think he could have severe problems if there's pressure and he can't escape it, which could happen against some other defenses going forward. Yeah, I definitely like that. I actually kind of agree with you a little bit on like the dual quarterback thing. I thought it would work better in a college situation. But so then in that same line of thinking, how do you feel about benching Carson Wentz going to Jalen Hurts? Do you think that's like, because they have brought on Jalen Hurts just a little bit in that like, you know, dual quarterback wildcat formation sort of situation. Do you think that should do that more or should they bring Jalen Hurts on altogether or should they should just stick with uh, Carson West. What are you thinking at this point in time? Because they're a team that's like still kind of involved in this playoff pitcher. I think they're right around 50% after their loss today uh, in the NFC East to actually win it. So what do you think for the Eagles at this point in time with Carson Wentz? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just so weird to say, well, at, um, you know, now after this game, despite the fact that Wentz, he just turns the ball over, over and over again, takes sacks, makes some pretty questionable decisions, all of this is happening, yet they look up and they say, "Oh, we're three, six, and one, so we're 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 leading <laughs> the division." So we so that that makes it much more difficult to make a change. I mean, I think I don't know. I mean, the thing is, the Eagles' schedule they don't have obviously the most difficult schedule going forward. The thing is, they have the Seahawks next, so that's going to be a little bit of a shootout sort of game. They're going to be at home. Do you turn to them there? Then you have the, do you turn to Hertz there? Then they have the Packers after that, then the saints after that. And then the Cardinals Cowboys and, and the Washington Redskins. I, I think they're just going to have to probably say, you know what, we're going to ride Wentz through the Seahawks Packers saints, at least <laughs> schedule and just hope to see what happens. And then if, it, if, if it's not working, if they're knocked out, then they could say down the stretch, you know what, let's get a look at, at Jalen Hurt, uh, Jalen Hurts after that. But it, it's just going to be kind of hard to do it earlier. Although I was a big proponent of drafting uh, Jalen because of the fact that you know, people always think that they have their, their quarterback of the future. They have their guy in Wentz. And I think obviously the opinion has changed a lot on that. So it is good that they have that backup option. I'm just not sure if the team is going to be willing to turn away from him while they're still quote unquote in the playoff hunt to go to a second round rookie. Yeah. I mean, it is dicey for sure. But then you, you like, so you look at it, like you mentioned, they have the Seahawks at home. They have the Packers on the road basically. And then they have the saints at home and then they have the 
Cardinals, right? At, on the road. The, so they could, yeah, they yeah. could, yeah, they could actually lose all four of those games. And then potentially, I mean, it is the NFC at this point. So they could <laughs> still be in playoff contention when they're playing yeah. the Cowboys on the road in week 16. I mean, I don't know. Do you go to Jalen Hurts at that point? It's a tough decision, but I honestly yeah, think. I realized that. I, mean, I realized that as I was talking that, <laughs> that going 0 4 there does not necessarily knock you out of playoff contention. Although the Cowboys looked a little bit better today. They so did. I'm, I, I'm hopeful. I'm good because I was also pretty high on the Andy Dalton signing as a right. backup plan. So it was good that he didn't just completely, you know, uh, wet himself again that this time that he, that he had a pretty good game. So uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think, I think they, they, they're going to go one more week, but you know, the Seahawks and the Packers are pretty friendly defenses. So I guess if you wanted to start, if you want to start hurts, you could say at home against the Seahawks is not a bad place to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. And it's also interesting because the Cowboys probably, I mean, they're going to be favorites. I think they're field goal favorites at this point in time over Washington uh, on Thanksgiving. If they win there, I mean, they're right. I mean, they're basically in the thick of things for the NFC East, which is uh, not necessarily where you want to be, but uh, I guess you can take what you can get at this point in time. So I don't know. Let's move into Monday night football. Uh, We got kind of an interesting game. I think the Rams Buccaneers, uh, there's a few decent player props i think you know it's a little bit of a lower total than what we saw tonight 48 i think the majority of tickets basically have been on the over of course i think green line uh kind of leans sort towards that direction as well um minus four for the buccaneers at this point in time i think it's basically moved in their direction uh late late in the week so I don't know. I've kind of been on the Rams uh, train at this point in time as dogs on the road. Green line kind of leans sort of that way as well. Are you seeing anything from, you know, a showdown perspective? Uh, How would you actually size up this uh, matchup here on Monday night football? Yeah, it's an interesting one because the, I mean, the bucks are are favored uh, obviously. So there's a little bit of a lean towards them, but I'm projecting some fairly high ownership on Brady on ronald jones after a little bit of a bounce back for him and then you just have you have this weird situation where they have you know godwin antonio brown gronkowski mike evans all these guys could be potential options so it it kind of it doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth but as far as a tournament perspective the numbers are looking pretty good for mike evans here despite the fact that he costs more than everyone else just because i have a feeling that he's going to be highly faded for the fact that he hasn't been able to put up good production uh with tom brady and a lot of people are going to say why am i going to pay more for evans when i can get godwin or brown or someone else at a cheaper price but that 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 could leave you some positive leverage if you wanted to use them in, in, in the showdown format yeah, I definitely like that. I mean, I do think that people are going to gravitate towards Antonio Brown, even Chris Godwin, especially since they're going to be lower uh, priced compared to what Mike Evans has put up just based on the fact that he was the only healthy receiver for the Buccaneers that is still producing relevant fantasy performances. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, you know, there's a few other different options. Um, from a props perspective, I'm kind of leaning towards fading uh, Josh Reynolds. I know his uh, reception total 3.5. He has kind of broken out recently, uh, running basically 88% of the dropbacks. He's been running a route in the past four weeks. He's been right around either 15% target share or 25% target share in all four of the last games. Basically, he's been fluctuating between the two extremes. So um, I do think he's going to see a lot of Jamal Dean as, and I do think that Jamal Dean is probably the best cornerback for the Buccaneers. Do you think that Josh Reynolds is um, probably a viable fade in both showdown? Cause I'm actually fading him a little bit for the props perspective. Do you think that's probably 
a good situation to get into, or would you be looking at uh, him as opposed to any of the other receivers for the Rams, basically Cooper cup, you know, Robert Woods, maybe a little bit Tyler Higby. What one of those would you be targeting and showdown? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, the numbers don't really love any of them, but amongst them, uh, Robert Woods looks the best. He's his price has gone down a bit. So there's a, there's a decent amount of separation between he and cup now. And Reynolds is now crept up where he's not at Robert Woods level, but he's pretty close. So again, I could see people where there there's a lot of information out there about the fact that uh, Reynolds has been out targeting woods in recent games. So many may be on him, assuming that you're getting that price discount and you're going to get maybe as much opportunity. So why not go for him rather than Woods? And I think that can leave an opportunity to, to, to hope for a bounce back here for Robert Woods. I definitely like that. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what I've been looking at as well. I do think Robert Woods is maybe in line for a decent game. Uh, as far as the two quarterbacks, is there any one of them that you like from a showdown perspective? I kind of lean towards Jared Goff under uh, 279 receiving yards. I think that's basically uh, a little bit lower than what our fantasy projections have him at. And I also think from a game script perspective, uh, we kind of lean towards the Rams potentially covering three and a half, four points here. So I do think that maybe if they're up, you know, later in the game, that he won't have as many opportunities to, you know, basically throw the ball, uh, move over his uh, passing yardage props. So do you think that he's a viable play? Would you be looking more towards Tom Brady for the showdown perspective? Yeah, I, I, I like golf better just only because Brady's been moving higher and higher up um, as far as ownership is concerned when people are just looking at it and saying, well, he has all these different weapons that's going to split amongst them, but then Brady's the one place where you can invest in the entire offense. Um, so I think that's going to lead to a little bit too, too high ownership. Now I wouldn't pick Goff as a viable captain just because I don't, he doesn't, he never runs the ball. He's never, you never have any chance of a rushing touchdown and they have a pretty high volume rushing attack. So you're not necessarily going to get these gaudy like 400 yard games or something of that nature that you need from a, you need just an outlier type of game from a quarterback to be a good captain there. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him there, but now looking at prizepicks.com, which if you enter promo code PFF there, and we get a match up to a hundred dollars on your deposit there, I see golf is at 18 fantasy points there, Brady at 21. So there's a little bit of a discount there. I'm not sure if that's quite enough to want to project an over on either of them, but Daryl Henderson is only at 8.5. And I think that could be interesting. Although with that backfield, you just never know how it's going to be split up for the Rams. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, it's kind of touch and go at this point in time. Obviously Malcolm Brown is involved a little bit. They get cam acres. I do think that cam acres could potentially be emerging a little bit more in that backfield. So I don't mind yeah. leaning towards Daryl Henderson under his fantasy points total for prize picks. Another one that I kind of like, I've talked about it earlier, uh, Josh Reynolds under 11 fantasy points. I don't think that he's going to be involved. I don't know. I think that the Jamal Dean matchup is going to be more difficult than they anticipate. I do think Sean McVay is potentially going to be using him as more of like that clear out on a lot of those routes, get uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods involved underneath. And I do think that it's going to limit his uh, opportunities basically in the Rams passing game. So I'm leaning towards that uh, prize picks under. Is there any other ones that you like here? Well, I mean, I see Gerald Everett on here at six and a half points. I mean, that's basically, you're, you're basically just playing a touchdown there. Right. I don't think that he's, I don't think he's going to hit that without touchdown production. So a lot of these, I assume you can kind of pair unders with him and then maybe even with the quarterback with golf or someone like that, if you want to go together just on a, on a lower amount, or if you wanted to do a triple one, you know, with Reynolds also who we, who we liked, if you wanted to go under on all of them, I wouldn't mind that. 
Yeah, definitely. And then, then you know, you could, like you said, you, like you said, you could definitely include Jared Goff under 18, 18.5 fantasy points. Uh, we have him closer to 15. So I don't necessarily think that the game script is going to be uh, conducive to Jared Goff going over his fantasy total. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited for this Monday night football matchup. Do you have any uh, last parting thoughts here, Kevin? Well, I guess I'm just, I've been a little bit more skeptical of the Bucks than some others and of Tom right. Brady than some others. He's someone who has graded really well. But his numbers, his pure, you know, expected points added per play type of numbers have really fallen in, been very mediocre, whereas we have him graded in the in the top four. It's kind of been on the flip side of someone like Ben Roethlisberger, who's had excellent um, EPA numbers because of strong third down conversions. And he's been up in, you know, the top 10, but he hasn't had grading that's nearly been as good. So I look for those two things to come closer together. So I feel like many people have seen Tom Brady this year as a potential top five type of quarterback, but I think he's probably more around that number 10 sort of range. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks disappoint a little bit here, as opposed to the Rams offense, which I think is really just been, it's, it's kind of, it's been on a roll along with that defense. I think they, I think we're looking at two complete teams versus each other, but I'm maybe just a little bit more confident in the Rams now that we're going on continuity for a many years with that offense and defense. Yeah, I definitely like that. I mean, our opponents at grades have the Rams just a little bit further back than the Buccaneers, but we basically have these two defenses sitting in the top three of our opponents, just a defensive grade. So I do think it's going to come down to the offense. If the Rams overperform, uh, the betting market and our expectation. They're definitely going to be able to cover that four point spread. So I don't know. I'm excited. So it's going to be a pretty quality matchup. I do lean towards the Rams covering at plus four over 48. We got some decent, uh, you know, showdown plays. we got player props, everything else. So this should be a great uh, Monday night slate for you guys. I appreciate you guys joining in. Thank you.